This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Peralt. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news. Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. And welcome to the latest installment of the Bostonian versus the book. My name is Matt Peralt alongside Dave Sherapan with you guys here on the props.com YouTube channel and wherever you get your audio podcasts right after we go live, this podcast drops. Make sure you subscribe to that and follow at Boston versus the book on Twitter. Dave, how are you? Happy Wednesday. Good morning, sir. Uh, I'm good. A little fresh off a quick visit to the dock to get a little checkup. All good. Uh, so far, so far, got a got a you know some blood work done. I was telling you before the show started. Those people that take the blood are just angels. When they're good, they're amazing. I felt no pain. They took a lot of blood. Um, mm. You know, we're gonna test it, make sure everything's good. Doc said, uh, you know, get your butt back in the gym and start working out and doing some stuff. I said, oh, oh. my boy's got a fight in a couple months. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 training camp starts this week. For started for you, started for me. Oh boy. Now you've got some really cool up by you guys. You got some cool parks that I've been up there now and running some stairs and mm-hmm. doing some stuff. So that's a, you get a little softball field slash workout area up there that I'd never seen before since <laughs> first, mystic park, right? Yeah. Or majestic, majestic park, majestic, majestic park. park. Thank you. Yep. Majestic park up by yep. you in the Northern part of Vegas. That's Good place it. to go. We're going to, we're going to get, uh, we're get that going. And then, you know, today I had to wear the hat that the kids got me. This Ooh. is, I don't even like the Lakers, but they got me this hat. They designed it. It's got a pink underbill. It's got the consig stitch. Oh, I side. love it. It's unbelievable. This was one of my, my uh, you guys have to watch this on YouTube, by the way, if you're listening to this after yeah. the fact, you got to go back on YouTube and, and look at this hat. It's, uh, it's a new era. Yeah. Sign con sig hat. That's it's awesome. Big hat. And it's got this pink, but they designed it. I said, I will wear it on the show for you guys. So that's what I'm doing today. Very cool. Yeah. Do you like the Lakers today against Memphis? Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, they, well, I mean, they played LeBron played so good last night, like, and they covered, against the bad Houston team. And now they're on the back-to-back. So, uh, like, right now, my first thought is, no, I like Memphis. Yeah, I think you have to like Memphis tonight, too. Four, the line was for us, and I saw it. I don't know where it moved. It may or may not have moved, too. But yeah. uh, we'll get, get into the NBA slate in the NHL slate a little bit later on. But before we go anywhere, we have to start with the major news from yesterday and the passing yep. of John Madden at the age of 85. Look, you're a little older than I am, so I think you may have a better contextual idea of who Madden was in football. For me, everything about Madden was outside of football. I knew he coached the Raiders. I knew he was a Hall of Fame coach in the NFL. But when him and Pat Summerall came on, I knew I was watching something big. It was a big game. Every time. It was a big game. The way they 
played off of each other, the way that they would joke around. I mean, that was for me growing up, like that was the gold standard for NFL football and his passing unexpectedly yesterday, the outpouring from, I think everybody who knew him, worked with him, worked around him, showed what type of person he was. And then to be able to be a hall of fame guy coaching and then be a hall of fame broadcaster, but then start a video game in your name that has become the thing that drove the esports everything. I mean, I don't, I, it's, it's an unbelievable, incredible life. And it's unfortunate that he passed away, but man, when did you hear it? I, I Teresa told me, and she's like, Hey, John Madden passed away. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Unbelievable. Really sad. I was actually, I was on uh sports grid and they told us in our ear and I was like, what? Wait. And ironically, there was a special on Fox on Christmas, Christmas yep. mm-hmm. that I have recorded that I have not watched yet. But when I saw the ad for it, maybe five days in advance, I'm like, I already I said it immediately when I saw the ad to record so I wouldn't miss it because like for me growing up in Pittsburgh, the Raiders were the team that I did not like. I mean, it was the <laughs> Cowboys, the Raiders, and then obviously the division, the Browns and the Bengals. But John Madden was a coach and that team was a dirty team and like we just <laughs> didn't like them. And then as he became a broadcaster, it was like, wait a second. This guy's pretty good. Like this is he, and he made it. Um, he taught you the game through his love of the game. He he wasn't talking down to anybody. He made it so simple. And then, like you said, with summer all those CBS games, it didn't matter who was playing. You had to watch it and you listen. And Summerall was so like not monotone, but he was perfect. Yeah, A yeah. Compliment. Yes. Madden. I mean, there was there was a team of yeah. two guys that was just playing off each other and they were just watching a the game. They were just watching a game and just talking about it, telling us. So as a kid and then growing up, you're just like, man, I want to be that guy. And then huh. one time in my internship production, produce sports producer days, I got to see Madden at the game and watch his interactions with people ushers the guy you know taking the elevator up the press elevator and stuff just a regular guy like what you saw on camera was him and he he had that personality that we all kind of gravitate toward when people have it right it's just man this guy is a cool dude and then the video game Mm. like the video game was like i mean my brothers are younger my one brother's your age exactly like and so you know the video game became people know football because of the video game. And when it came out and his voice was on it, immediate credibility. So you overlook the glitches, you overlook the the way it looked sometimes the actual play of the game. And it, it bridged a generation of multiple generations. And now I'd argue that the biggest impact was the game of, of, you know, for the last 20 years of his life. It's, it's crazy. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that you hear the way people talk about it and revere him and stuff. And you're just like, I get it. And I mean, it was a pleasure to to be able to listen to him do games and learn the game and enjoy the game through him. Mm. And I think 
his passing is sad, yes, but it's also a nice time to celebrate what a great life he had. And I mean, go back and watch his Hall of Fame speech. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it really awesome. is. So, so three things. And, and Thomas on the chat says that must have been a, a surreal moment for you to be to be around him. I, I never had the pleasure. I, I knew people who worked with him and interned around the Fox broadcasts and the CBS broadcasts and, and, and whatnot. And he heard the same thing that dude just was just a nice guy. He's <laughs> just a guy, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he didn't carry himself. He didn't look down on people. He just carried himself, even though he was John Madden, he was still just a guy that loved the game of football and loved talking to anyone about the game of football. But a couple of things that were so surreal. One, the last time that Pat Summerall and John Madden called a game together on national TV was the Brady Super Bowl, which is crazy. Cause that jumps to mind. Like the when first I think of one, the last one, the oh, last game, the last time they called the a game call together was, was Brady's win over the Brady's, over the Brady's first. Yes, was that game? That was the last time the two of them called a game together. Was that? Wow! So that was crazy to me. That's why I'm wearing the Patriots hat because I was just like, "That's crazy." I was like, "Because that." When I think of John Madden, I think of the when he questioned Belichick and he said, I don't know about Belichick doing this here. I don't know if Jay, I mean, I'd be throwing the rookie quarterback. I'd be playing for overtime right now. And then right. dun, 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 kick game winner. And he's like, unbelievable call coach Belichick. That was amazing. What, what you were able to do, but like the turducken for me, like every Thanksgiving, that was just like you'd have your meal and then you'd go and listen to John Madden on the Telestrator talk about the turducken, a turkey, chicken, and duck deboned and stuffed together. Yep. And I thought it was the single most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was like he got so excited about it. Like he was so passionate about this thing, this creation that like we got to have the turducken like who the hell eats turduckens what no one that? eats turduckens what the hell is a turducken and like he would break it down like a football play like you take it here and you got the breast and you cut it here and you move it uh, over here and you got the legs in here and then you sew it all up and then you bake it it was like what the hell are we talking about but that's what he did he just brought this life to the game and this personality to the yep. game that was just so amazing and then the third thing is i read this anecdote last night on Twitter, which I thought was wild when EA sports approached John Madden about the game that they wanted to create in his name, Madden football. It was a six on six or seven on seven game because that's what tech mobile had been. Correct. And so, and so they asked him, Hey, we want to do this. And he goes, you're not putting my name on this unless it's 11 on 11. And for three years, EA sports had to put their plans on ice to go and build the technology in order to actually have an 11 on 11 football game. Wow. That became the franchise that turned into the most epic sports franchise of all time for video games. And if they don't put his likeness on Madden 23, if he's not the, on the cover, EA sports is dropping the ball. Because right. John Madden used to be on the cover until they started putting players on. John Madden has to be on the cover of Madden 23 when it comes out. I would think so. I mean, and I, I can't tell you how many hours and hours that I spent playing the game. And now it's so complicated with all the buttons and the controls. Too much. I don't think I can do it. But nope. like I've been approached about, you know, people streaming and these contests and stuff about like making lines for yep. people playing the video game and stuff. Think about that. He wouldn't do it unless it was what he wanted. The guy didn't fly. 
He drove everywhere. Well, that's the crazy part part about the whole John Madden story that I had to go back and listen to because John Madden was 33 years old when he was hired to be the youngest head coach in the history of the NFL for the Raiders. He coached till he was 42. Still to this day, he has the best winning percentage of any coach through 100 games minimum in the NFL. He was absolutely dominant ever. Better than Belichick, better than everybody. I read today that in order for Belichick to reach Madden's win percentage, he would have to win 136 games in a row to meet meet that winning percentage of what John Madden did. He decided because of crippling anxiety, he couldn't fly anymore. He just, he couldn't do it. So he had an agent, his, his, his agent slash everybody, this guy who worked and he basically made the EA sports deal and all the things that from the Madden brand, he had a person, it wasn't Madden doing it. He had a very smart businessman on his, on his right hand side to do it. But he approached him and said, look, John, you can't fly anymore. I'm going to talk to the networks. Would you go into broadcasting? And he kind of kicked it around. And he was like, so I can take a bus everywhere I go, you know, one, one bus, one game every week. Yep. You work 16 games, you know, you take 16 bus rides and we'll try to keep it in somewhat general area. No flights. And he was like, yeah, that's what I want to go ahead and do. And for 30 years, the guy did it. <laughs> Never flying. 30 years on the ground because he didn't, he was such a good coach, but he couldn't do it. He could not handle the fear of flying. It's it's, I mean, think about that. Like he held true and had someone beside him who said, all right, rather than force you to do it, or this is the only thing you can do, we'll figure it out. And it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's inspiring because if you have that thing, and we talk about that, we I say that all the time. Everybody's got something, and we're all going through something. Guy couldn't get on an airplane. He was one of the best coaches in the game. Said, I can't coach no more because I can't fly. Okay, well, what can we do? We can get in a broadcast, and we'll get a bus, and we'll drive you everywhere. We'll get a driver. It'll be a nice bus so you can be comfortable, but the Madden Cruiser – and and the thought of I've never seen the Madden Cruiser in person, but I mean we've all seen video of it. We saw yeah. a zillion pictures of it all. I mean, over. Outback sponsored it. Remember when Outback right. was the sponsor? They wrapped yes. it. It of was a, they, they turned it into a sponsorship opportunity. It was the Madden bus. Tremendous! Oh my goodness! Brilliant! Just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I, I I was trying to figure this out last night, and I don't think there is. But is there anybody in sports right now, Madden to football? Can you make a comparison as to who to hockey, who to baseball, who to basketball? Is there anybody on the level that Madden was to football? Um, I mean, hard, hard to say because of the impact so much stuff off the field. But like the first one that comes to mind for me is Dickie V in college basketball. Really? Dickie. Not Jordan? No, Jordan. Oh. I, I mean, Jordan. It's the three, the it's the, it's the three prong, right? That's the difference. Cause yeah. Dickie, v, Dickie V was a coach and Dickie V was a broadcaster. Right. Not a and brand, then, not a brand. Yeah. Right. But Jordan is a player and a brand, and a, and a brand but not yeah. a broadcaster. Right. So that's the problem. There really isn't, but Dickie V is a good one because of the broadcasting connection. He, he sold the sport in the same way. Yeah. And continued to do it over um, a long you know, period of time still there. He's, you know, and he's, he's relatable to kids, you know, cause it's college, it's, it's basketball and, and he can still talk the sport and he's still, you know, some people would say he's not cool, but he is cool. And like, he does his thing and he's a speaker. 
writer kind of brand that way in a sense, but I can't think of anybody. I mean, nobody stays with it as long as they have in that regard, right? As long as yeah, Vitell is, I think the closest is Dick Vitell to college basketball because you need somebody who's able to relate through personality to explain the sport in a way that makes people want to love it the way he loves it. Right. Like, I want to love something as much as Dick Vitale would love Duke, North Carolina. Yeah. Like when that game was being played, like when you saw Dickie V and people accused him of being a Duke lover all the time and Carolina fans have their own issues and blah, blah, blah. But it was always really fun because I mean, I remember the, you know, him going into the student section and crowd surfing with the students. <laughs> like th- that was when I was, when I was in high school, I was like, yo, I want to do that. <laughs> and that got, that got me to go to UMass. I mean, John Calipari got me to go to UMass and I was looking at a variety of other schools, but Cal was in the middle of his run in 1994, 95 Cal was building UMass still. And they had won three consecutive a 10 tournament titles and a 10 regular yeah. titles. And I was looking at schools and then it kind of got to my freshman year in 96 when they went to the final four and then he left and went to the nets. But that was, you know, Cal's run and, and, and Calipari's ability to coach up. And then you had Dick Vitale showing up in Amherst, Massachusetts, right? Like, wait, wait, what ESPN down the road in Bristol, Connecticut. I, I still didn't fully understand what that meant to have Connecticut be the home of Bristol. That was back when I thought New York was far away from right. Boston. So right. like, I was like, like, Whoa, Connecticut, that's three hours away. That's far. Uh, and so, but I never had that like connection that was very simple for them to drive up I 91 to go ahead and do that, do those games for UMass. But UMass was on ESPN all the time, all the time. And all the time. And Cal was on ESPN all the time. ESPN two, when it first came on, UMass was like a staple on ESPN two yep. when they first signed that, that, that network on. And I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the ability to, show yourself and the, uh, the authentic nature of their personalities, both of those guys. And I mean, Dickie V is going through cancer treatment right now. And he's telling people here, I'm, I'm trying to do this game. I'm trying to do that game. He got a standing ovation from, I think it was the Florida fan base. I can't remember which one it was, but him and Dave O'Brien, who is the, the TV voice of the Red Sox, who I've known for a while. I mean, Vitel was bawling like straight. Yeah like waterworks. Yeah. And I, I was like, wow, that moment for him. I was so happy that he had that moment that people yep. can tell, tell him, Hey man, like you meant a whole lot to me, to the sport, to my growing up. And Madden was the same thing. I mean, yeah, he is football. Well, yeah, he is, John, he is he, football. He, he absolutely is. And, and, and it's, and it's amazing because it's not just, you know, old guys, old girls. It's, it's, I mean, there's, you know, 20 year old kids that are like, Hey man, that's the guy that made the game. They don't even know that he coached. They don't know that he coached. And some of them don't know that he broadcast. Like they don't even know about the summer old days. They only know about the Al Michaels days, you know, towards the end when he did Monday night football or Sunday night football. I mean, whatever it was like, that's it. That's And so you have someone who just, when they stand the test of time, that's, that's it for me. And, And like Madden, has like you said, thirty years driving on a bus to games to do games, and then to do the Thanksgiving game. I mean, it was a staple. You had oh. to see that at the end. Of, that was that was our signal to go eat dinner. The end of that game every That's year. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you remember it, I, when you watched the Madden video? I saw a clip of it last night, and I busted out laughing, and I immediately became a nine year old again. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this. Do you remember when Pat Summerall used to do the read for Murder? She wrote. 
the promos. Oh, 60 minutes coming up next, murder, she wrote. Well, in the documentary, and I I I thought this too. Do you remember the pause that it would be murder, she wrote? <laughs> they took bets as to how long it would take for Pat Summerall to say how long from the comma of murder to she wrote, he would he would say. And then there was a movie read that they did. And it also had a comma in it. And he did it for so long that John lost it. He said, I had to take the headset off. I, I'd take it off. I had to go outside. I was laughing so hard because he, the pause was so dramatic and so ridiculous. And it, I, I literally remember going, why does he wait for that long? It's murder. She wrote, <laughs> it was just like, so classic. Like, wow, that was the 1980s in a nutshell. Like coming up next 60 minutes, except on the West coast was always that line. And they still always. do that for from time to time yep. and being you and I both growing up on the East coast. It was like, the hell is that? What do you mean? What does like, that what even six, mean? What do you mean? 60 minutes is coming up except on the West coast. Why not on the West coast? Like, why can't they have 60 minutes like us? So then it was that. And then it was the pause for the murder. She wrote read with Pat Summerall. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm nine. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's, I, it's true. And you hear it. You, you just hear it. And it takes you back to a place, whether it was your family room or your basement yeah. or wherever you are. Like immediately when, when I just heard that you took me back to, it was freezing <laughs> outside. It was probably November or December. And I can hear it and feel, you know, yeah. me and my brothers or me by myself watching a game or me and my dad or something, watching a game and just going, he said that every time. Like that's the <laughs> fun of it. It brings you to a spot that you just remember. And it was whether it was the Cowboys Giants yeah. or it was the the 49ers and you know the Rams, whoever it was, it was that game. It was that game. My my grandmother lived on a street called Lincoln Circle, which was across the street from the high school. When and we would go there every year for Thanksgiving. In the basement, she had this green shag carpet and these really ridiculous reclining chairs that her and my grandfather would go and watch their stories, as they would say. But on Christmas or Thanksgiving, we would always go down. That's where the kids were told to go and play. So uh -huh. that's where we had the we had the Atari, and then the uncles would come in when there was a big football game because my grandmother would be cooking upstairs and she'd be like, go downstairs in the basement and watch football, get away. So that's where we all would go down and crowd around this TV set with rabbit ears going right. ahead and, and watching you know, the game. There were three channels, ABC, CBS, NBC. That's it. And then which games, which, which channel would you have? And like, I was like, I'm sitting down on the shag carpet, listening to my uncles drink beer and yell while I'm watching this football game. And it here's John Madden and Pat Summerall. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I hadn't thought, I hadn't thought about that in years. Yep. yep. And here we are now getting immediately transported back because of it. So you're right about, you know, it brings us all back. I mean, the, the, the guy, even in passing, the guy is still selling football and bringing people to the game. No and question. And explain what the game is. What would he say about the game today? I think he would have a lot to say. I think he still does. I mean, I guess he like still talked to the heads of networks yes. about certain ways they were presenting the game. And he would like call them up and be like, Hey, I don't like that. Like yeah. stop doing that. Or like, if he liked a young talent that was coming up, he would yeah. call and be like, you know, he's really good. You should give give that guy more, more run or more games or whatnot. Right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, he, 
Aikman called him a gift. I, I think that's the best way of describing that's what John perfect. Madden was for all yep. of us. And, and 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 there's people on Twitter today. I don't know if you saw this long thread that's been going on about this guy in uh, I forget. I think he's in Texas who decided to say that John Madden was like the worst thing that happened to American culture, which was just like everyone's like, "What are you talking about? Like this is not the time, or you've officially lost your mind to compare that like the growth of the digital space." I'm not even going to get into it, but it's so bad. Like there are even, even, even today, there are still people who are idiot enough to talk about Madden in a negative way. Cause really I have a hard time ex- seeing any negatives about John Madden, except that maybe he was just, you know, he liked violence, like yeah. human beings, human beings like violence. I've said this for a long time. Like we like violence and we don't like, some people don't want to admit that humans like violence, but we like violence. Like just, yeah. we like controlled violence, not uncontrolled violence. We like parameters like and rules. I mean, we like violence. We like boxing and MMA and, and football right. and hockey. And we like violence. Human yeah. beings like violence. Like it's just how it, how we are. There's nothing wrong with admitting that, that we like violence. It's controlled violence with rules. I get to do this. I get to do that. I can't go outside of that rule. And right. if I do, there's either a penalty or a, you know, a, a fine or, or you get arrested or something. I'm not saying you should walk up the street and punch somebody for fun. I'm not saying that. Right. But like, if I have gloves on and you have gloves on and I say, I'm going to punch you and you say, you're going to punch me. Okay, let's go. Right. <laughs> it's we're, right. We're, in, we're in the same arena. We understand what we're doing. It's, it's for sport, for fun with rules. Haters for everything. It's unbelievable. They really are. Right. Really, it's, hey, it's, the it's, guy passes away. You're going to talk about him being a, the downfall of whatever it is. It's right. crazy. Yeah, it really is. Crazy. All right. So yesterday I had my holiday bowl bet get scrapped. Okay. It was scrapped because UCLA went to SeaWorld to have a gigantic team activity. And well, they came home and got sick. And so NC State flies all the way out to San Diego. NC State doesn't have COVID issues because, well, as far as we know, they didn't go to SeaWorld. Should we be rethinking this right now about what players and teams are doing here? And like, why are teams doing these team activities? Some people say, hey, they're college kids. The whole reason you go to bowl games is to go on these trips. But given where we are right now, I mean, how does a book handle this? How does how does a gambler handle this when literally we're having games scrapped five hours before kickoff? I can't believe it. I I, I couldn't believe it when I got the text yesterday. They canceled the holiday bowl. I'm like what? How can that be? It's today. Oh yeah, they're they're canceling the game. So I know the headache that is in the book because I mean you've been taking bets. The line's been up for almost a month. So you have a lot of bets to refund. A lot of people tied it in with other games. You know, I mean, yesterday was a great day of football, multiple games. So there was a lot of parlays, a lot of teasers, a lot of things, and a lot of questions like, you know, and people come into the book and be like, why did they cancel the game? I don't know. I don't know. And so now we dive into it a little bit more. And I've been to bowl games. I, I mean, when I went to Penn State, I went to a lot of bowl games and went to a lot of the activities. That is part of the bowl game experience. You have these pep rallies. You have these events where, you know, they invite the team and all of their fans to SeaWorld and you have the day at the park and you do all this stuff. Now, in today's world, that could lead to this and people getting sick and now canceling the games. I think you have to keep in mind that the game is the most important part of the entire thing. It's right. It, it's the people game. Were, people were yelling at me for saying that yesterday on Twitter. I said, at the end of the day, the game is the most important thing. If we aren't playing the game, so you're telling me that going to SeaWorld is more important than playing the game? Like, 
wait, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like the game is is the most important thing. We, we we're so having the, the game. I'm sorry, but lock the kids down. If you're gonna go there when you travel, I mean, maybe you change your travel schedule, but you go there on a Thursday instead of a, a Monday, and you go in there and you keep the kids. This is a hundred person traveling party. If one person gets in contact with someone with COVID, as we're oh. learning, right, it runs through the whole team. It's it's. The team, it's all the trainers, the staff, it's the band, it's the the parents, it's the families. I mean, like, if you can go to the bowl game, you go. Like, that's 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 the reward for right. the end of the season. And I mean, that's a big trip from North Carolina. That's that's a lot of people. And not thousands. Imagine dropping like thousands of dollars on flights, hotels, trips. You're all out there. Your son's supposed to play in this game. And then all of a sudden, as you're tailgating, you get a text message. Hey, by the way, the game's off. What? What do you mean? Like the game's in five hours. Yeah, the game's not being played. It's off. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I can't believe. So my question to somebody yesterday was, they just found this out? Like they, what did they do? They took the test in the morning and said, wow, you guys are all sick. We can't. No, have the they like- had three defensive linemen test positive yesterday or two days ago. So today's Wednesday. So on Monday, they had three defensive linemen test positive. Okay. They were taking two linebackers and converting them to defensive linemen. Okay. And then those two linebackers got sick. So you had five defensive linemen out. There was no de- UCLA basically said, we cannot play defense in this game. We don't have anybody to play defensive line. And so like we're out. Wow. So that's what happened. I mean, they just, it decimated one group and they were trying to, you know, make up for it. But the guys that they were going to use as the replacements for the players who got sick also got sick. So that was it. Do you think in the room they were like, coach, I'll play both ways? Like, I, I let, we got to play this game. It was, I mean, NC State's angry. Okay. NC State. Has is not happy with the way that it went down because NC State believes that they should just have done that. Like, find a way to play the game. Like, if you have to play it with, you know, offensive linemen playing defense, if you have to find a way to have it be, you know, just let's play the game. And so, and, and UCLA said, no, we're not playing the game. It's an exhibition game. So it's not like, hey, you get a forfeit. Who cares? Right. But for the broadcast partners, for the sponsors, for everybody around the game in San Diego, who all the bars, all the restaurants, hotels and whatnot, they got most of what they were looking for because it was right before the game. So everybody made the trek out there. But I think it's very unfair that it happened this way, that, that we, we never set up the protocol for bowl games as to when do you call it and when do you not call it? When do you play? When do you not play? We've left it up to each individual team to say yes or no. And that's been, that's why we're here because it's, it's bad. (laughs) It's, it's really bad right now with what's happening every day. So, I mean, we, we talked about it on the show and we've heard people talk about it. They can't, is this, I mean, we can't decide the national championship with this way. We can't. I mean, we can't, but they're going to if we have to. I mean, it's if we get like an Alabama, so Georgia, right? And, and, and something happens with you Alabama, know, Alabama, and their team's decimated. Georgia is your national champion. Yes, that's how that's how it's going to be done. It's insane, and then the books have to decide whether they want to pay out the futures on the winner. Because technically they could, they could just say, Hey, the way that the the house rules, you and I have talked about this before, the way the house rules are written, it's whoever is determined by the committee to be the national champion 
regardless of how it's determined, that person, that team, that ticket pays out. I I so don't want to even have that happen only because I just know, again, the headache, like if you have a bet on um, more Pac-12 teams win bowl games than ACC teams or stuff like that, like the game, you, you refund all the tickets, but then there's so many other things that are affected in that regard, just with the holiday bowl canceling. If that, if one of the playoff games would actually get canceled, and postpone like the ramifications of it in the book for betters and fans, just in general, it's so multi-layered that I just, I mean, there has to be a better way <laughs> there. I mean, there has to be a better way. There's not, unfortunately, but yeah. Uh, Pierre writes, it seems like the only teams taking it seriously are the teams in the playoff, which is somewhat true. I mean, Georgia and Alabama are both being really aggressive with the way they're keeping their players away from the public. And we haven't heard that. <laughs> Everybody else right. is just like, Hey, go have fun. Yeah. Like, right. And then they're guys are getting sick and players are coming back and they're coming back sick and they're going out, they're going to bars. They're good. You know, they're on a bowl trip. Like I get it. I mean, when I was living in Nebraska and Iowa, it, it, I mean, Bama to an extent, but more Nebraska and Iowa, because it was so cold that I knew tens of people who they're, annual vacation in the winter was the bowl trip was the like bowl. Where, oh. wherever, wherever Nebraska was going, wherever Iowa was going, wherever Iowa state was going, it was just in their schedule that every whatever, December, January, whenever we're playing in this bowl game, that's where we're going. And we of save course. up all year long. And, you know, I knew farm families that that was a really big reward for the kids yeah. working in the fields, working in the cornfields, working, you know, wherever they were and being like, Hey, just remember, we're going to Florida. We're going to the whatever bowl game. And, you know, they had a great harvest. It was hey, we're going to the Iowa bowl game. And oftentimes it was to Phoenix or it was to Florida. Yeah. You know, it was a chance to go somewhere warm. And when the team was bad, that was almost one of the major reasons why coaches got fired. Because fans would be furious if you went back-to-back years without going to a bowl game. That meant back-to-back years of not going on that family vacation. And right. that made the fan base very angry. Oh, yeah. And, and and like, you know, we've talked about this too. And, and, and you hear people talking about it doing away with the bowl system because, you know, we're going to set up a playoff and stuff. There's that part of it for so many schools and so yeah. many fans and so many people and states that, without national without nfl teams correct so, so like the, it, it's it's for the states to fly over states or the southern states the states that don't have nfl teams that people who you know the carpetbaggers like me who grew up outside of boston who was all nfl my entire life until i moved to virginia and started watching Kids wear coat and ties and girls and females wearing full-blown sundresses and dressed to the nines. It's like, where the hell am I? And what am I watching? Why are you going to what you're going to a prom? No, we're going to the game. What do you mean you're going to the game? This is ridiculous. But it was because it's that big of a deal. Like that's what you did. You dolled up, man. It was a big darn deal. And then when I went to the cover of the SEC and I went to the Grove and I saw chandeliers on tailgating tents, it's like, <laughs> what is going on? What are you people doing? But it was, that's their thing. That's their NFL team. That's the, you know, it's not pro, but it might as well be because right. everyone associates themselves with that university. And if there's a state with two schools like Ole Miss and Mississippi state or Alabama, Auburn, yikes. Now, now it's really, now it's big time. Now it's like, you know, you're really in this big rivalry. So 
I think people forget that people do forget about the bowl yeah. system. They, they do forget about the, the cultural connection that different states and fan bases have to a bowl trip every single season. It's a major part of their life. And to pull it would make, would, you know, I don't think we need 75 bowl games either. I think it's ridiculous. You know, right. you know the whatever bowl, it should be a reward for quality teams, but it's big business and it's an important part of a lot of people's, you know, not livelihood, but part of their, their calendar as they roll through in, what about with, their, all, with their families, all the bull people like on committees and stuff. When I lived in Phoenix and I got to, I hate them. Fiesta bowl. I hate all of them. Yes. I hate all of them. They're, they, they, they walk around with their stupid jackets. They get overpaid. You, you want to talk about hiding money and money laundering? Yeah. You, you let, let, let's look into the bowl practice and what the bowls do. Okay. Yeah. Wait. They give back to their communities and blah, blah, blah. But those dudes, what those old guys get is the most, that part of the bowl system needs to go. I am all for those, those, you know, 80 year old dudes walking around in their awful colored sport coats in the press box, acting like they actually have a right to be there. Yeah. No. I am very angry and passionate about those guys. <laughs> very angry and passionate. But they all put the bowl game on. Like, all baloney. They're all figureheads. They're all there because of how much money they donated and who they represent in the community. That's true too. But like they just tell they tell people, people what to do. They just dictate. They push buttons. They don't do it. They don't do jack. They just they sit there it. and fly around on, on the dime of the bowl game and write it off as a, as a as a as a charity. I that stuff drives me crazy. Orange Bowl guys, I got because back in the day, the Orange Bowl was a big deal. Okay, so you're actually scouting, but the Alamo Bowl. Okay, like. Come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't need to be. I'm, I'm here on a scouting trip. I'm here to look at, you know, this team is four and four and they may be six and six. So we're scouting them. Drives me crazy. I got to know some of the Fiesta Bowl committee people down in Arizona because I, I was the jacket wearers marketing. No, like people okay. work. Well, like well, that's different work. You yeah. know, they're told what to do. The people, I'm talking about the guys in the awful colored sport coats, like the Fiesta Bowl dudes that walk around and take trips everywhere. Yeah, no, these were people that like, I mean, so I was a director of sales and marketing for a golf course and resort down in, you know, in Scottsdale. And so like people would come and we would have meetings about, you know, maybe we would have one of the teams here or organize a golf trip for their fans and stuff like that. So I got to see how much work like a lot of those people had to put in to planning to make it an experience, not just for the team, but for the fans. And like yeah. you were selling the city. And you were selling like we were selling our golf course. We we're like, sure, this would be a unique experience for somebody from wherever, you know, Big Ten country, you know, or, oh, yeah. or, or whomever come out and play our golf course. So there's a lot of work that goes into it. And the game is the celebration of the whole thing. Right. So to take the game away, it just on a, you know, five hour notice blew my mind. It just blew my mind. I spent three straight New Year's Eves in Phoenix for the Inside Bowl and whatever the heck they called the other bowl that was oh, always there. You? Yeah. So okay. I've, I've been, I've been, in, I was there from 20, 2009, 10, and 11. I was in Phoenix for different reasons. Okay. So I, I was, I was down there for bowl games yeah. uh, with Iowa, Iowa State and whatnot down there covering, okay. covering, covering bowl games. So yeah. I, I saw it. It was, you know, you, you, unfortunately with Phoenix, sometimes you think you're going to warm weather and then you realize it's not that warm. It's, nope. You don't <laughs> realize that until you actually do it. And now that we live here, we know. Nope. My, <laughs> I had to turn on the defrost today to get the ice off of my car. Like Yuck. it was really cold. So yeah, you realize that when you get there, but when you live back East or in the Midwest and you come out, you think you come out with the shorts and the sweatshirt and then you're like, Oh man, it's a little chilly. 
not that speaking of living here, <laughs> we got some numbers. Our friend David Pernum from ESPN, big article out this morning. Nevada yes. Sportsbooks won a net $71.9 million in the month of November, yep. shattering yep. the previous record for the amount by 11, by more than 11 million. Previous record was in 2020 in November, back during the pandemic. So, any takeaways from this number that the books came roaring back after kind of a crummy October? Oh, I tweeted about it. I had a little sarcastic tweet like, boy, it's amazing. How, how does little poor little Nevada with its little antiquated <laughs> apps and in-person registration and no talent people booking the games? You know, how do how does that happen? Um, listen, if you ran a book in November, didn't win. Ooh. I don't know what to tell you. Like, seriously, that was, I mean, it didn't matter. You just needed to, to answer the phone, open the app, put up the lines and take bets and you won. I mean, it wasn't, it was not anything skilled. It was the results. Nobody, I mean, I say it all the time. Nobody knows Gladouche. Nobody knew anything in November. So big record. Um, I mean, this is what it's about. You're supposed to take bets. It's a volume business. It's still 7%. A record-shattering month in the book business is still the most successful month ever, 7%. It's hard to run a business on 7%. And now we're going legal in states in like New York, and they're going to pay 51% the tax rate. Oh. 51% of tax rate was 7% business on a good month. Go look at the whole percentage or whatever it was in October when the public had their way with books. Um, it's half of that 3%, 3.5%. So my takeaway is that bet the dogs. Like it's <laughs> it's just a, a lot of times when it pays, it pays really good. But again, December has been the 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 the, the public's month. The public is up in the NFL in, in December because the numbers just keep getting covered. Like you keep moving numbers. And I mean, we looked at the board this week, you know, on Monday. There's a lot of big spreads. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not impressed. I'm not surprised. Like this is what the books do here. You take mm. bets and move numbers. And, you know, when you get the right size to fall, you win a lot of money. Right. You win a lot of money. And bigger bets, taking the bigger bets, cashing the bigger bets. And that's how you get to the $71.9 million yeah. number is that you let somebody come in and go ahead and hammer it. Right. <laughs> like, hey, you want it? Go right ahead. And that's, I always say people like when the books are publicizing these big bets, you have to be wary of it. We don't know why they're publicizing it, but you just have to kind of look at it and go, why would they tell us about this $100,000 bet I on this side? A lot of it is because they, it's almost like a, uh, uh, they're measuring a contest. I don't want to say the word, but I know, but I, I think it also is they are, I think they're comfortable. Yeah, but they're capable of saying it. The, the reason why I always say pay attention to it is because they have to, and you, we've talked about this on the show and off the show, they take these big bets all the time, but they don't talk about it. So why are Correct. they talking about it now? What's the point? Why are they, Why now are you telling us about this six-figure bet? Because you've been taking these six-figure bets, maybe from this one player, from a while, and now you're coming out and saying it publicly. Like, People think that like there's one or two of these bets a game. No, there's not. There, there's all these bets are coming in around the country. I mean, heck, you showed me on two Sundays ago a half a mil. Like, yeah. and that wasn't publicized. You publicized it, but I the did. book didn't. The book didn't publicize it. It's weird so, because they. I don't think a lot of times 
the the issue why they don't publicize it is they don't know about it. Like, you know, between, you know, our buddy Purdom or Patrick with us at props and stuff like if they don't get directly told, they don't publicize it. So that's one issue. Two is that the books don't a lot of times don't have anybody to tell any of the reporters or, or whoever to publicize it. Three they but never the books do it themselves, though, right? I mean, the, the now books, books are doing it themselves because yeah. they finally have people that are doing it. But it was always hard when I was in the risk room. I literally would have to stop what I was doing, watching my bet ticker and, and actually either make a call or shoot somebody a text or, or whatever and say, hey, we just took a big bet. If you want to post it, here it is. So then. Books never wanted to publicize it before because they were afraid to publicize it because there were too many eyes on it. And then it might you know, require other things. Taking a big bet becomes a regular thing, but there's still um, a, a procedure that has to be done. When somebody okay. brings in $100,000 or $200,000 or $500,000 in their account, there still is a procedure that has to go through. It's not like taking a $10 bet and printing a ticket and going. Now it becomes normal, but it takes longer. So a lot of times when you take the bet, you don't even think to, you just move on to the next thing. Like you don't say, Oh, we got to tell everybody about that. Now books are having departments and, you know, media departments or media guys or girls that actually that's their job. Right. But it's out there. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that books are taking big bets. They don't take them from everybody. That's the problem, right? You take the big bets and then you limit somebody to nothing or you shoot back a, a, a message that says you can have $11.89 on this, but you just took a half a million on this. That's the problem I had in the book all the time. Like we can't do that. If we're doing that, that's why they don't tell you about the big bets. I just, I mean, you and I tend to disagree on this point, but I, I just think that the books should have, if you take a $500,000 bet from one player, every player should have access to it. If you want to take 500K from me, you got to take 500K from you. And it, the, the picking and choosing of who gets to bet what, when, I know it's a business, I get it. And it, that's not bookmaking. I understand all those points. I just think it's not fair that we don't have... And Rufus Peabody talked about this and people laughed at him and I didn't laugh at him. I thought it was a reality, uh, a good conversation of having a gambler's bill of rights and having some type of can, you know, common ground. So everyone knows what is allowed and we have zero rules. And now it's differentiating between state by state, even based on how the laws are written as to how the books are allowed to operate. And I just don't think from a better, I mean, I'm, I'm not a sharp or, or a six figure gambler by any means, but I, I think it's, unfortunate that we've got people who are, you know, betting and winning and they're told, Hey, by the way, the guy next to you can bet six, seven, 200 times what you can bet because you're a winner and that guy's not. I just find that to be, you know, that's un-American in a lot of ways in my mind. But if you tell them that you can bet a thousand dollars every time you bet on whatever you bet, right? You set a floor. That's where it needs to start. Because like okay. when you walk up to a blackjack table, it says you can bet $5 minimum, 500 maximum. So, you know, but if somebody walks in like Ben Affleck and wants to play 10 dimes a hand, he can play 10 dimes a hand. The casino can make that decision and he can play it because he has it and you know he's going to play it and he's good for it and whatever else. So I can't go play 10 dimes a hand if I wanted to. 
you know? So you have to have some parameters. The problem for the sharp community and the people that are really doing this, the two to 4% of people that are doing this for blood, for life, for their livelihood, the frustration lies is that I don't know what I can bet ever. Like I want to know, I used to tell guys this all the time. Like, look, I want to take your bets. All right. Everybody wins. Everybody loses. That's fine. I need to know. And I want to take your bets. If I tell you, you can bet 500 on everything I put up. Is that okay? They're like, that's tremendous. All right. And then when I have a super heavy casino player come in and I'm told I have to take his bet for 300,000 on the football game, when you come to bet, your limit is 10 dimes on the game. I'm going to tell you, hey, we can take up to 100 from you. Do you want it? Hell yeah. You know, I would do that with anybody. So I think books, we're getting away from that because everything is becoming automated and everything is becoming faceless and nameless. And now, you know, books and bettors are having this adversarial relationship where it doesn't need to be that way. The most successful books still don't do that. So I see your point. I mean, but you can't just walk in and bet that all the time. But if I could take it as the book, I would when I can, but I can't take it because the limits are a hundred thousand. You want to bet two? I'll give you a hundred thousand minus seven. I'll give you a hundred thousand minus eight. How's that? You know, I would try to work with you people now. I mean, it's easy, you know, when it's automated and it just sends back a message, you tried to bet a prop for a dime. Um, no, you can have $11 and 89 cents. And that's not the way this, that's not the way this business is going to grow. Definitely not. I would agree entirely. And well, the inter, the lack of communication between book and player, we talked about it yesterday, but the lack of communication and direct interaction between customer and person on that side of the counter is a huge problem. <laughs> and it needs yeah. to be addressed in some form or fashion. As we grow, there needs to be someone you can talk to either in the book or online or something where you get that your questions asked, answered, and you have you feel okay as a customer walking away that you're not being railroaded because you won their last four bets and you've bet 500 bucks a hand or a game, whatever. Right. And now they're like, Hey, by the way, um, now you get 15% of that. Yeah. Why? Well, you won. Isn't that the point? Well, no, we don't want winners. What, wait, what? That's, bad. That's, a bad look. That's terrible. So it's a horrible it's, look. It's, it's bad for everybody. It's bad. It's bad. You know who it's not bad for the place that's still taking the bets. Come here. Come here. Just, I used to well, that's Circa, right? I mean, that's as the Circa's raised their hand the entire time. That's their whole marketing campaign is like, I mean, I give Matthew Metcalf and, and, and Benson, Jeffrey Benson, a lot of credit on Twitter because whenever they see someone arguing, angry, mad about getting yeah. limited, they just throw up their hand and say, come here. <laughs> like, come Without talk to it us. Out. And those guys, I mean, like, and I mean, we were like that as much as we could be at CG, they're doing the same thing there. They're taking all the bets and, and you see the handle and the numbers. Look at the downtown number. When you look at the, the, the Nevada numbers, the downtown number is circa and yep. they are changing it. They, they have the more play you get, the more limits can go up. That's what people don't. I mean, like people that aren't in the book business don't understand. You need to keep taking bets to raise the limits. So now you can take everybody's bets. If you discourage bets and you toss people out or limit action, you can't ever raise the limits. And now you walk into problems like that, which again, it's not going to grow the business. It's only going to, it's only going to direct people to the books that are taking the bets. Thomas likes your rhombus. 
and now yeah. <laughs> the rhombus is in the parallelograms. That's we got to do that because the sharps and the squares <laughs> is tired and it's no one likes it. Every square you get mad when they call them. A, you call somebody a square. It's like fighting words. Absolutely. And then yep. you know the sharps. If you label somebody a sharp that's not, now you're not sharp and you can't say the word no more. So just use parallelograms and rhombuses <laughs> and then let them figure it out. All right, we talked about yesterday. How long should we ride this? Steph Curry, again, last night, hit five threes. Steph Curry has now hit five threes or less in seven of his last eight (laughs) games. In all eight games, the number has been five and a half. Five of those eight games, Steph Curry has hit five. (laughs) Five. This is insane. The number is perfect. The public keeps on betting over and he keeps on hitting five. So one, does the number ever move to five or six? Two, do we just keep on betting under blindly until he gets hot? I think you got to keep betting under. That's 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 for sure because he's gone over once, right? One out of eight. Well, Correct. So if that changes, what is he, he going to go over? Three out of eight? Like if we if we break it down in matchups, it doesn't matter who he plays. It doesn't matter home or road. The number's five and a half. So the only time this number's going to move, this is great because like we'd be in the book and it'd literally be laughing. Hey, what's Steph's number? You know what the number is, five and a half. Five and a half under minus 15, minus 20 you know, to try to get some more over bets because it keeps falling under. Will it move? It will only move to six and a half. It's going to stay five and a half, but you'll see some books bounce during the day, maybe to six and a half to bounce right back. Um, I don't think they're going to go to four and a half because people are betting over. For us betting, it's under. You you have to bet under no matter what Pearl says, no matter what the – forget it. She wants to tell us to bet over. I ain't listening to her either. No, you want to bet over. You do. It's more fun to bet over, but you just got to bet under. The number is perfect, and as the book, you just want to get to the number sometimes. We've got to the number. Are you looking to play this over anytime soon? Absolutely not. I have no desire to go anywhere near him hitting six. It's ridiculous. I was texting you last night. He hit his fifth with two to a two to play in the fourth quarter. He hit fifth three goes down. I'm like, he's going to find a way. He's not going to go to six again. He's going to be at five. He had one game where he hit eight and that was the one he's gone over. So he can go over. But since the 11th of December, eight games now, Steph Curry has hit five or less threes. And for the vast majority, it's he gets to five and it stops. Yeah. Like that's his number. Five, no more, no more threes for Steph Curry. And you get nervous because you bet the under and you're like, oh God, he's at five, no overtime. Like last night, it was like no overtime. You can't have if overtime. He goes to overtime, he yeah. goes over the number. You 100%. know he's gonna hit a three in overtime. There's no question. But praying, okay, no, no, no. Iguodala misses that three at the buzzer. I had a live plus three and a half bet that I miracle covered. Oh. It was a miracle because the missed, the missed free throw at the end rimmed in and out. So I got a miracle there. I took it in the second quarter. I was like, all right, plus three and a half. We'll go Why is Iguodala taking the shot? Because they, they let him take it. Like sometimes. I mean, come on. At, at the end of the game, that was the old thing my coach used to say. At the end of the game, if you're open taking a shot, find out why you're open taking the shot. 
because they want you to they, they want you to take <laughs> the shot. <laughs> okay. They want they wanted him. That was let Iggy take that shot. They guarded everyone else and let Iguodala come out and go and take it and he airballed it. Came up a foot and a half short. Not even oh. close. So they want him to take that shot, unfortunately, for the Warriors, and they lose that game. Big win, seven minus seven Warriors at home, and they lose. They don't even cover. They lose outright to Denver last night. So and then they play a home and home, right? So now they go to Denver uh, Thursday, tomorrow, and play at Denver. Seven-point favorite, seven-and-a-half, close eight. What will that line be at Denver now? They just lost. Denver minus three? No chance Denver's favorite. Oh, really? You think Warriors favored? Golden State, small favorite. Uh, is there a number out yet? Not there yet. is not. No, no number because Wednesday still. So no yeah. number yet. Later tonight, there'll be a number. Yeah. So you think Golden State minus one, minus two? Uh, I'll probably put one and a half or two and, and let them, you know, if they want to flip it, flip it because I know who people are going to bet. I mean, they're going to yeah. bet Golden State to, to right. win the game in Denver. We'll probably, if we have that game on bet it or book it, give you a little hint. If you bet Denver, I'll bet it with you. If you bet Golden State, I'll probably book it because that'll be the side. That'll be one of those 75 to 80 percenters on Golden State. And just let the number go, right? Just don't bet it until tip. Just let the number rise because the public's going to be all over the Warriors. Yes. All right. One, we don't talk a ton of hockey, but I want to get a little hockey in here. Last night, 33 Incredible. goals <laughs> in three games. Yeah. The Grand Salami, not every book puts up the Grand Salami, but the Grand Salami was 11 for last night. Tell everybody what the Grand Salami is. So the Grand Salami is the total number of goals to be scored throughout every game in the NHL. There are only three games. One got canceled, only three games. So two to one, four to two, you know, three to one, somewhere in that, in that range. So the number, I believe it opened at 11. I think it rose a little bit, but one game almost covered it by themselves. Yeah. The 11. Yeah. We've got six games tonight. We do. Can do we have six me? games? Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, right. there are six games. Six okay. So there's five games canceled, six games happening. Yeah. Jersey, okay. Buffalo, uh, Rangers, Florida, Nashville, Washington, Edmonton, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Seattle, and Vancouver and Anaheim. Okay. All games are on ESPN Plus if you want to watch them. Okay. Can you take anything away from what happened last night? I was watching the Golden Knights game. Dave, there were it was 0-0 until the ninth minute. And in one minute and 16 seconds, four goals got scored. Yep. <laughs> four goals. Jonathan Quick got yanked yeah. from the game. Yeah. These guys look after their loss. These guys look a little off their edge right now defensively. Tonight, same thing for the game. To, for, for guys coming back after a, after a, what, seven-day layoff? So I said it yesterday on one of the shows. It's fresh legs. You have really fresh legs after you get a break the routine of the hockey is i can't believe i played it for as long as i did and and got up the next morning i mean it is such a physical game and these guys i mean they barrel into each other it's so the big and fast so they get a break i think you see just flying offensive hockey either that or you have sloppy you can't complete three passes in a row hockey and it's a dead under but i think the break initially you come back and you lean overs now look at the numbers today 
for the total. all jacked up. They're it's all, all they're all jacked to high hell. I talked about it last night on the Daily Juice, and it it, it was like I said this, and I let's see if I'm right. Uh, not right. I all said every I said every game on the board would be six or higher. The only game that's five and a half right now is Vancouver, Vancouver Anaheim because that's Vancouver five has played to an under since the coaching change. It was a real culture change, and Vancouver has been a dead under team since uh, Boudreaux came in. Like, they have figured it out. So that is actually – that's probably an underplay. I mean, it's okay. five and a half in the under slightly juice, under minus 15 in some places, but that's an under game. But, yes, the books were paying attention last night too. If there was any doubt whether you go five and a half over minus a quarter – or six flat, it's six flat, and some of the games have overjuiced. Yes, like already. Edmonton, St. Louis is over six, six and, and a half. half. Is juiced to minus one twenty. Absolutely. You can, how do you make an Edmonton game not six and a half right now? They're giving right. up goals and they score goals. So, absolutely, you see. In addition to the fresh legs, you see some guys chasing and hooking. You you have to keep up, and you get penalties. So, like, that's what happened in the Arizona-San Jose game last night. 8-7 final in a shootout. It's the high, it's the most goals scored in the game yet this season. Now, they're two bad teams with, you know, some questionable goaltending at best. But, man, I think at least for a couple days now, these fresh teams come back, look to play overs. But, I mean, six and a half is a gigantic number for a hockey game. David wants to know, bet both teams to score in the first period every game. Good idea. Well, there's a bet that's uh, that's probably not a bad bet, depending on the visiting team. But a goal scored in the first 10 minutes, that was a, a really popular bet in hockey a couple years ago. Will there be a goal scored in the first 10 minutes? Yes or no? I think you can bet yes on a lot of those. Just don't lay too much juice. Like it, I mean, it yeah. gets up to the, you know, when it gets to minus 180 and higher, then you're starting to really take a risk that you don't get a goal, but you saw it. It happened at the nine minute mark in right yesterday. Yep. When they come, they come quick, <laughs> like multiple <laughs> scores. It's not just one now, the yep. way they come back like this. So I think to get both teams to score, I think you can bet over one and a half. I think that might be a better bet than betting both teams to score. Okay. Just bet over one and a half is usually the total in the first period. That way you don't rely on both teams both to score. Teams, you just yeah. need two goals. Vegas has been, I think, an 80% hit this season on goals in the first 10 minutes, either for or against. They start they saw, fast. or and, and they give up fast. And they give up goals too fast, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's 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 both. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Vegas in the first ten, it's like almost all the time they're just giving up one goal or scoring one goal fast <laughs> in the yeah. first ten minutes. Eighty eight out of ten times so far this year, I think they're they're the second or first most profitable team uh, with and a goal it, in the first with 10 a goal minutes. scored in the first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and and there's some sites that do a great job with putting that information out there. All that stuff's out there now to find, which is interesting because for a lot of years it wasn't. And right. now, again, that's another, I think, benefit of all this business and stuff like that. There's just more stuff to look at and more bets to make because we have more books doing it. Yeah, it's kind of like the guys now. I mean, we started so in football, but are in baseball where there are players, there are betters who only bet yes, no runs in the first inning. Like that's oh, their, it's whole, unbelievable. That's their oh. whole game. So now you've got hockey betters who are just yes, no goals in the first 10 minutes. And they track it and they post it and they put it out there and they're the ones doing the math and the spreadsheets and they're putting it out there. It's it's remarkable how 
we're now becoming, you know, specific, uh, specified on betting, like what you're betting on. You're just like, Hey, I'm not going to worry about everything else. Side total. Don't care. I'm, I'm not focusing on one part of the game and that's it. And that's what I'm going to bet every single day and keep track of it. And some people are really good at it and, and, and they look at the trends and they find data that backs it up and it, and, and it works. I tell people uh, all the time, if you can specialize in this, like find something that may sound ridiculous to everybody else, but if you can specialize in something, you can kind of get better at it and get an edge. Now, will it always win? No, nothing always wins. But I mean, this race to 10 points or race to 15 points bet in basketball, it's absurd, right? But I have seen during March Badness in the book, guys have more fun yeah. betting around, sitting around and just, they don't have to watch it all. They can right. watch the team get to first of 15 points and a dog can win that just as easily as a favorite. You've seen this now. Nobody, although I did send you that graphic last night, the Nuggets led that game from wire to wire. <laughs> Never happens in a basketball game. That happened last night. The Nuggets, and a Warrior game on top of that. It's impo- like it's crazy. They led from wire to wire in an NBA game. That happens so infrequently. But the race to 15 is the similar bet to the score in the first 10 minutes of hockey. That's the basketball equivalent of it. And I've seen guys have so much fun rooting that in. That can be a fun route. And uh, there's even one on FanDuel now. They do three by two. You get three three-point baskets in the first two – or three three-point baskets in the first three minutes of the game. Oh. Or first two minutes of the game. It's either two or three minutes. So you watch the game. You have odds on whether you can bet that there's going to be yes or no. Um, three three pointers made in the first three minutes of a basketball game, you'll be amazed that you get right to that nine minute mark and you need you got two and you need this guy to make a shot with three seconds left before the first right. nine minutes. It's just hilarious. Uh, one last thing, Matt. Matt wants to know what's your take on over thirty six and a half total goals for tonight's grand Today, Salon. let's see New Six Jersey, games, Buffalo, Rangers, Florida, Nashville, Washington, Edmonton, St. Louis is going to help. Philadelphia, Seattle should go over. There's five games where it looks like overs, and then that Vancouver Anaheim may be the anchor. Feels like a three-one game under. Um, what's the juice? I would lean. I, I actually would lean. It's it's a great number, right? Okay. Six times five is thirty, and five and a half is thirty-six and a half. I mean, that's okay. So that's, that's the, the number. Wow, that's the number. <laughs> um, yeah. boy, oh boy. <sighs> Bet it or book it. I think I would, after last night, I think I would bet over. I would bet over. Just for today. Oh, I yeah. Would, no, no, no. You is, have to is, look at the matchups. This is a today match. This is a today bet because I think once the guys get a game under their belt, things will change. Oh, for sure. And, like, I mean, we're not out of COVID. It's not like right. get, we're going to have – they're playing the games, but, like, some of these teams are calling guys up to play the games and stuff. So I think right. we got to be careful about making it a snap judgment going forward, but today over. All right, let's go to better to book it plays and picks. So not often do I get little birdies that tell me things, but every once in a while I get little birdies that, that tell me things. I like this. Let's start with Clemson and Iowa state. Yes. Iowa state's out. Brees hall. He's not playing. However, I have been told that they're st- one of their best offensive linemen will not play. 
Oh boy. And I've been told that one of their best wide receivers will not play for Iowa State. They're the under 245. Why does no one else know this? Because Iowa State people know their team and I and I work there. <laughs> so I get I get tapped on the shoulder. I look, my guy could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. But but this is from um somebody who is who knows and talks to people in and around okay. the internet who who knows people right. there is a uh a, a website that, that has kind of a pay side to it that i used to be very very close with where right. people have come over and you know they're talking about this that mm-hmm. um offensive lineman down wide receiver down running back down i laying clemson minus two by choice like this is this is one of those opt-out things uh, Hutchinson is their star wideout who had surgery. He was going to try to go. He, he's a quote game time decision. I've been okay. told he will. I've been told he will not play. He's not going to play. Uh, the offensive lineman. Uh, I won't mention his name until uh, I'll mention it on Twitter, but um, he's not playing. I don't know why he's not playing. It sounds like he got hurt during bowl practice. And so he was going to oh. try to go. So he can't, he can't go. Okay. So you're without the best running back lineman wideout. For an Iowa State team that was undermanned already against right. a Cle- against a Clemson defensive line that all their kids are coming back, and Dabo has been talking about the fact like, yeah, jump on our grave now, but watch out when we come back next season. This could be a springboard game for Clemson. Clemson minus two line's gone down to one and a half, but I bet it at two. Better right. than booking it. I like Clemson today. I, I the, the defense is the best unit on the field. And now that we got birdies singing in our ears, which I always like now, again, it doesn't mean it's gospel right. and you have to take that in consideration, but I liked Clemson before that information. So I just think, listen, we talked about it yesterday that West Virginia, Minnesota game played exactly as we thought it would. It was a dead under game. It was, it was a tough watch. I mean, it was late and was trying to stay awake and, you know, my buddies back in West Virginia were like, man, this game's boring. This game might be that game. This game might be that game today. I like I like under and I like Clemson. Um, we're betting that. Yeah, you nailed Air Force, by the way, almost to the number. Oh, how about that first team to 30 and uh 31 20, 28. 28. I was like, you said 20, you said 31 27, but it was right. 31 28. Yeah. So you, you were right on on that. You you knocked that down perfectly. Hilarious. Was, I, I I got it right as well with Air Force covering the plus one. Yeah. Again, that was a good you, you you literally bullseye that game. So yeah. I'm glad to hear that because the second play is Clemson Iowa State under 44 and a half. Nice. Yeah, we're betting that. There's we're bet. I actually I like that more. I do. Um, yes. I bet this last night. I bet Clemson minus two today. I bet under Iowa State Clemson last night. Because I thought the number might come down. I, I don't think either offense scores. I mean, DJ is, an, I don't care what they've done the last six weeks. People are like, dude, they're trending in the right direction. Like, yeah, the, you can make a case now that the, the best unit on the field for Iowa State will be their defense. And they have an underrated defense. And you give Matt Campbell a long time to prep for this offense. It's very not difficult to figure out. I mean, Clemson's right. very, you know, straightforward <laughs> here. I, I just I don't think either team scores very much at all. This this is like a 17-10 game to me. I think first team to 20 wins this yeah, one. Agreed. This, this feels like whoever can get 20 is gonna win. And I feel more confident in the total being under than I do in the side winning. I, I mean, I, because Clemson's offense is uh, we got a lot of questions still. 
it's the end of the season. We didn't know what they were at the beginning. And let's think about this. They they lost by what? A field goal or touchdown to Georgia? I mean, in a battle in the first game of the season? Yeah, and then everything went to hell. Right. Yeah, but then everything went to hell. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it was, it was it, like Georgia's playing for the national championship. Yeah. Clemson is playing in Orlando. The, the bowl game? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The, 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 the camping world Cheez-It Bowl at Camping yes. World Stadium in Orlando. Yeah. So big difference between the two. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like under, I think, is the better play if you're trying to decide one or both. Mm-hmm. I like the total better. I'm on both. Let's go to the nightcap tonight, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Oregon. I am betting a bad number. I am fully going to raise my hand here and say I could have had four. Could have had four and a half. Could have had five. Could have had five and a half. Waited all the way up to six and a half because I wanted to make sure everybody was going to be in. But I'm taking big game Bob up against <laughs> a patch, a patchwork quilt of a team in Oregon with opt-outs and transfers and their coach leaving and everything else. They looked horrible against Utah in their last two games with everybody. I think Oregon is not that psyched to be in Texas playing today in the Alamo bowl. And I think everybody who plays at Oklahoma, you know who Bob Stoops is. If you grew up in Texas or Oklahoma, which is the two primary recruiting grounds, you're going to have friends and family in the stands tonight. You're going to want to go out with a win. I I don't trust Oregon at all here. Betting or booking at Oklahoma minus six and a half. Um, it's crazy to think that Bob Stoops is coming back to coach this game. <laughs> like it's just so I um I can't imagine what it was like with Lincoln Riley leaving in the middle of the night and taking a job and all this stuff. But I can put myself in that room with those kids and going, all right, they brought big game back. Let's go show everybody. Let's like like the you want to talk about motivation yes. right now. I mean, and it's hard to handicap motivation, but I want the team in that spot than the team with Oregon trying to still figure out what's going on. I think the chaos is too much to overcome. I think Oklahoma wins. I think they score. This total is high. It's really, really high. What offense are we getting from Oklahoma today? I don't know. If you get the total, I'm not sure. You mean Oregon? I mean, I, I, I trust Oklahoma to score. You don't trust, you trust, you don't trust Oklahoma to score today? I mean, you would think so, but I mean, Oregon beat Ohio State in Ohio State with all their players and their coach and motivation. Do they have opt outs too? They have opt outs, right? They have a bunch they of have transfers. They have opt outs. They have COVID. They got there's a whole mess of crap. Oregon's a mess. Oh. <laughs> Oregon is a mess right now. They're I don't tough. trust Oregon to score. If yeah. you bet, bet me under is a fade on the Oregon offense to me, I think OU scores. Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I'm betting it. Uh, we'll lay the points with Oklahoma. All right. And then one final one. I got another little birdie that came chirping in my ear on this game, too. Really? Yeah. About Vatek. And this goes back to I've worked all over the country. I know people everywhere. Yes. OK, so it. like when you work in Virginia, you get people who will tell you things about what's going on with Vatek. And what I've been told, and again, you can't handicap motivation, even motivation, but I've been told that there are that Vatek does not want to be in this bowl game, that they are, that there's no real interest in this game, that preparations have not gone well for Vatek. Now they may come out and be unbelievable, but this has been a team this year. That's been very inconsistent, very up and down. And offensively, they've been kind of really inconsistent. Maryland is still a team trying to put things together. I laid the four with Maryland here today. Maryland minus four betting it or booking it. 
Uh, all right. Well, we can't we can't make it a clean sweep. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to this one only because I don't trust Maryland. Like I just as bad as it may be for Virginia Tech, I need Maryland to lay more than a field goal in a game against. I mean, I don't know who's better in this game. I really don't. I mean, they're pretty much the same. Burmeister is a better quarterback, I think, than to his brother. I think, but I don't know it. I don't know. And 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 I think in terms of the points that Maryland gives up is my one concern. Yes. But but it comes down to that's where if you're not motivated and you don't give a flip, you make a lot of business decisions when it comes to playing defense. And I just don't know how many of these well, spots they do kids. that. They can get run out, but right. And cause yeah. Maryland's offense can put, can, can score up. Can score. Yeah. But so that's if, my, that's my bet because if, if they're not focused and motivated, you're in New York, it's a pinstripe bowl. It's cold. I mean, if you don't want to be there, uh Oh, like, and, and Maryland supposedly is much more focused than Vatek. This game kicks in like one minute, by the way. So if you yeah. want to bet this, you got to get to it like right now. Yeah. I'm going to book it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take the points, but I'm going to watch it in game. I ain't got nothing else to do for the rest of this Ooh. period. I'm going to sit and watch the game. Got crazy last night with that Golden State Denver game. <laughs> started betting it and started taking points <laughs> and then the money line. And I, I didn't even check my account yet, but I know the result was perfect for me because I had oh. Denver to win and yep. I had Golden State plus 10 and a half, plus nine and a half, plus eight and a half. I kept taking you. it all the way down. You got and, you got 10 and a half at one point on Golden State? I couldn't resist. I was actually. Oh, I I'm air. so mad. Yeah. Oh, like, good, good for you. Yeah, because I, I, I actually tweeted during the show when they were down by 18 points. Yeah. The Westgate's number was plus two and a half. Oh, I was like, yeah, it was, that was, that was early. You had to wait till a little bit later. And uh, then, so when you book the Golden State games in game, you know what everybody's going to bet. So you wait as long as possible to flip the favorite. And so it's absurd to think they were down that many points. I was waiting. I know how this, this stuff works. So I was like, I was like, all right, when are they flipping a favorite? I'm like, man, they're down 16. They're only getting two. I'm waiting, yeah. I'm waiting. So then the algorithm, the clock, you know, less time in the game. So it starts to put the favorite, the dog higher. So I waited. And when I saw double digits, I was like, all right, 10 and a half, I'll take it. And then I wait. And then it, they scored a basket. And it only went to nine and a half. So I was like, all right, I'll take it. And then it went back to 10 and a half. My list of bets is actually was, I hadn't done this in a while, but I made way too many bets on a game because the lower, I'm, I can only bet so much money. So I was like right. very low bet, 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 bet. And then as they're coming back and the number got really short on Denver, I had money line. So I started betting Denver on the money line you know, minus 120, minus 150, minus, you know, so now I had a a gigantic middle. It went as far as Denver winning the game all the way up to Golden State plus 10 and a half. You saw the end of the game. It fell three. It was perfect. (sighs) Good for you. Yeah, it was good. So we might do that with this game. This game might have that type of, of juice. It's 55 and a half. So expect both teams at one point to have a lead. For the game to be tied, and I think we can kind of work off of it. So pregame, I'm taking the five, or, or what did you lay four? All right, I'll take four. It's five now, four and a half. But oh, we, it's five now. Okay, it is. Yeah, it's circa. It's uh, five. It's four and a half okay. painted across the market. So you're good. All right, I guess I'm getting a decent number. It was three and a half yeah. last night before I was told, and it went, it, it, it went to four and a half. So uh-huh. Clemson minus two, under forty four and a half. Oklahoma minus six and a half, and Maryland minus. Four are the Sean plays Day. for me. 
That's a chalk, chalk day. day right there. Under is not a chalk, but it's a chalk day. I think because the number was ticking up. Is it 45 yet for clubs in Iowa State? Uh, no. 44 and a half is pretty much okay. a market number. It's actually, it's it. There's not one 40. Oh, there's one 45 left. That's it. Okay. That's, everything's 44 and a half. Interesting. All right. As we end the show with positivity every single day, yes. what is the best thing about today for you? Oh, best thing about today was my visit to the dock, man. I, uh, I these people are amazing. Um, you, you go and you're around like people going to the docks, not fun. But like for me, going to the dock is great because I get to see where I'm at. He gets to see me. He's like, where have you been? I'm like, doc, you told me I only come every six months. Like, you want me to come more? Just tell me to come more. He's like, all right, we're going to run blood work and this and that. So, and then the people that take the blood work, you tell everybody happy new year. I love this week because no matter who you see, you know, you say, Hey, have a great day and happy new year. And then inevitably on the way out, the woman that was there taking my blood with the other guy said, okay, well, we'll see you next year. And I was like, how many times am I going to hear that? It's every day this week. Somebody's going to say, oh, see you next year. So today, that was my 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 start of my positive day. Unbelievable. That joke is such a dad joke. But yes, it, it's, it's, it's a joke, but it's such a dad joke. That oh. oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. So here we are. Um, for For me, the best thing about today is this is – the start in my mind, this is the start of the college football bowl season for this bowl week, because now we, cause we'll do this tomorrow and then we're on the air on Friday, by the way. So we're going to be here on new year's Eve for the playoff games. We start to really get into this now. Like this is when we start to yes. really look heavy. I haven't made my bets, but I have my preliminary read on the playoff games as to what I'm going to bet. And now we can really kind of turn our attention to this college football playoffs. Like growing up for me, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, like those were the two big bowl days. Now it's, you know, we've we've taken the bowl season for five weeks now, but when I was growing up, we're getting close now. When you start seeing December 29. It's like, oh, okay. Like now we're starting to get in some more significant bowl games in some more significant games and the playoffs are right around the corner for us coming up for the semifinals. So I got my last night. I got a little excited. I'm getting a little more excited now. I I really like the college football playoffs. I just, I think it's super fun to go best on best. I'm super excited for Cincinnati to see what they can do. I just, I just, I I mean, I think it's as a guy who loves the little guy going up against the school that I covered for years, I know what them I know what Bama fans are thinking. My Bama fan friends are already on me because they know what side I'm going to be on and they're already angry with me. And they're like, ah, you're going to do this again, huh? Yeah, bet against us again, huh? Good for you. Throw your money out the window. Go ahead. And I'm like, (laughs) of course. Like, sorry. (laughs) So I was like, your O line sucks. And I don't care if they played well against Auburn and I don't care if they played well against Georgia. I think since he's going to crush your quarterback, so they're going to be ready. There's no doubt. How about oh. the games tomorrow, though? Like, I mean, look at the games. If you start doing the work, like the matchups tomorrow are, are going to be awesome. I can't wait to do the show tomorrow because there's four really good games with name teams with different narratives and different stories and opt outs and things like that. There's been a, tr- you know, a lot of line movement on the games tomorrow. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. But you're right. Going forward, this is when it starts. What yeah, just I mean, happened? We- in the football game. Did you see that? No. <laughs> South Maryland just took it to the house. Good. There we go. <laughs> Told you. Vatek doesn't care. They're done. Seven. Get- seven nothing. It's two minutes in. It was a punt return. 
92 yards, punt return. See you later. Untouched to the house. <laughs> Told you. Vatek doesn't care, man. Vatek oh, wants out. Man. They don't want to be there. Let's go. Let's oh. take it. Uh, already 7 nothing. We're 13 or three minutes into the game. And it's 7 nothing Maryland. Uh, by the way, for the record, I absolutely hate bowl games in baseball stadiums and East Coast. And not, no, no, not East Coast. I hate bowl games in foot in baseball stadiums and cold weather climates should be banned. Both those two things should be banned. So you weren't going to be a fan of the Fenway game? Hell no. Awful. It's not a reward. Hey, kid, you're in Ohio. You're freezing your butt off. Go to Boston. Yeah, that's where I want to be. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be warm. We talked about it. Texas, Louisiana. Florida, the Bahamas, Hawaii, California, Arizona, Vegas. Like you have to go somewhere where snowing is not possible. That's what you, that's where that's a bowl trip to me. Vegas to, tomorrow night, by the way, you, yep. are you available? If we, uh, yeah. we score some tickets. We might. Yeah, let's go. What's a little Arizona state action, Arizona, Arizona state, state Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. By the way, they did the press conference on the top of Circa. They're very, bougie oh, nice legacy club, up there. club up there yeah did a whole whole press conference whole you know they, they rolled out the, the all, all the big guns listen for everything every, with- every year the kids the t- teams used to stay at the gold nugget like one of the that was one of the hotels and, we, and i was working there at the time in the book and you used to see one of the teams it was always like you know the mountain west team or whatever used right. to stay downtown and the pac-12 team the bigger school would always stay on the strip and we used to watch the activities. A lot of times it was a, it felt like a different class of stuff. Cause I would go down True. to see what the, you know, the conference rooms and stuff looked like for the kids on the strip versus what they were getting at, at the nugget. And I was like, man, these kids, if they knew what those kids were getting on the strip, that wouldn't be very, that would be very fair. So it's an interesting dynamic, but Arizona state, Wisconsin, it's going to be a good football game. There's probably people in town. I'm going to get downtown today, actually a little bit later and pop in there and see. So yeah, stay, uh, stay available because we might, right. uh, we might make a little score in that game. Very nice. We'll have to wait and see on that. If you guys are listening, watching on YouTube, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel for props.com and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. If you can't watch the show, you can always listen to it. It posts about 30 minutes. Once we wrap here every single day, we're back Thursday. We're back Friday for the Bostonian versus the book presented by props.com.